Here's some fresh, hot material for you. Sidney Crosby is awesome. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot at Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this, and I hope you'll check those out as well. I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, waiting for the Penguins to get here. Got here a couple days earlier because I, I like this place. I'm going to stay here a little while afterward as well. But before I headed to Pittsburgh International yesterday, I was at the Penguins practice in Cranberry, and I did something. I'm not sure how to fess this up to you here, but I did something that I haven't been doing enough of lately. And I just went and spent some time talking to the captain. We used to do this more often, and maybe it's because, speaking only for myself here, obviously, I kind of take him for granted. He's always there. He's always available to everyone. And by that, I'm not just talking about uh, unimportant people like myself and other reporters. I'm talking about every guest who's brought in a -a make-a-wish child, uh, someone who's elderly and ill and their dream is to meet Sid. He finds time for everybody. Now, the Penguins help him organize that. The Penguins help... I guess you could say protect him from, you know, stuff that's not, you know, quite as urgent as some of the situations I just described. But he just finds it in every city where the penguins travel. There's somebody who wants, however well-intentioned and however well-meaning, a piece of Sid. And he's always there to give it. Now, what's Maybe the most impressive thing about that isn't that there's a human like this who exists. It's that no matter what it is that he does on the side, and that, of course, is always on the side, he never, ever, ever loses the focus on hockey because he dedicates such... I don't want to say this in a negative way, but he dedicates so much of his daily life to hockey, actual hockey. Whether that's the time that he spends at the rink, whether that's the conditioning, whether that's everything that goes into his uh, nutritional habits, which he manages himself whether that goes into video study, whether that goes into time that he will go out of his way to spend with new teammates to make them feel as comfortable as possible in as short a time as possible, understanding that someone who comes into the locker room, let's say, you know who's, I was about to say Valtteri Pustinen because he came up and he's got this little boy face and he was so excited and, and he had to play a prominent role right away. Remember, they put him on the power play. So all the superstars had to make Valtteri immediately like a, like a best bud because he couldn't and they couldn't afford to have him just scanning the rink thinking about whose autograph he'd like. They had to have him be one of them. They had to have him making the right decisions, which, by the way, you'll recall he did do when he broke the Penguins out of that massive historic power play slump earlier this season. Honestly, I'm thinking more about like a Jansen Harkins, someone who comes from another team, you know, is a little bit on the younger side and they get to Pittsburgh 
And if you're a hockey player and you hear the word Pittsburgh, you're thinking about these guys. They're, they're living legends in this game. I asked Cole Perfetti, the kid who actually looks like he's about 11 years old, if you've ever seen him from the Jets. Wonderful talent. But again, he looks like he's somebody that actually would be waiting out in the cold for Sid to roll down his window and sign a, a piece of paper for him. And I asked Perfetti, oh, well, here, just listen to it. This is, I'm going to play you a little bit of this. I have to ask you about facing Pittsburgh. There's a lot of teams that come in here and just hey, kind of do the because of who they're saying, you know, who the individuals are over there, Sid and Gino and all yeah. those guys here. What's it like? I so I think yeah. I mean, a young guy in the league. I don't know if this goes for other guys, but for That's me, why I'm yeah, you. Young, young guy in the league. Like obviously, I love love Sidney Crosby growing up. Um, love Pittsburgh Penguins. So um, it was. Uh, pretty cool to play against him like it's kind of like a childhood idol so to get the opportunity to play against him is uh it's pretty exciting but at the same time um once puck drops you kind of got to put that aside and just get to the game but definitely in, in warm-ups you know it's, it's still it's, it's pretty cool to play against him so um you know one of the best Canadians to ever play and um he's pretty special so it's exciting to go against a guy like that that's pretty cool huh but that's all over the league and that to Sid doesn't matter, but the guys in his own room, he will introduce himself to them so that he doesn't have them being put in the awkward position of having to say, um, um, Mr. Crosby, my name's Jensen Harkins or whoever, right? Sid takes that initiative. And then from there, it'll be Sid who takes that player. I've seen this around the room, around the building and introduce him to the equipment guy and to the strength and conditioning guy and to the skills coach. And of course, to other prominent teammates, he's going to make sure that that player, whether it's Harkins or Vinny Hinestroza or whoever, they come into the fold and Sid makes sure that they're they're in the fold. And yet he still is zeroed in completely on the hockey, on everything that it takes to remain who he is and who he's been. And above all, on everything that he'd feel it would take for this team to win another Stanley Cup. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Christopher, who says, Wait a second, DK. No judgment on Kyle Dubas yet? Okay, maybe not, but he's not beyond criticism to this point. This seems no more impressive than Ron Hextall's was. For anybody who missed yesterday's episode, Christopher is referring to, I guess it was kind of a throwaway line on my part that I'm reserving judgment on Dubas. And I see, uh, if you want to call it a report card or whatever, or a grade for his performance to date, it would be nothing other than incomplete. Actually, I don't know how it could be anything other than that. He's been at the helm for half a season. And if you want to take his off-season time before that, then you're talking about another, what, three months? And he came in 
and inherited, let us not forget, since you brought up Hextall yourself, quite the mess. Cap crunch, uh, some useless players who were in the fold having been acquired for way too much. No ready-made solutions available through the draft or through prospects, since there's not much of a system below the Pittsburgh level. And Dubas had to not only fortify the Penguins within a context that I'm guessing most GMs would never choose, meaning go win the Stanley Cup right now, but with predominantly old guys. That's not a a formula, a standard formula for success. So he's already being tasked with doing something that I'm going to guess he would not normally do if he just came in and, I don't know, the Penguins were an expansion team or something. So the first part of it, I mean, I don't know how, you know, after the fact, you can get mad at Eric Carlson on a given night or whatever, but the Carlson trade, the cap hits that were sent out and the caliber the skill level, and not to mention the character of the individual who came back, I mean, that's still a hell of a trade. Don't let your momentary things confuse you on that count. Go back and look at who was sent to San Jose and what the cap hits were of those guys and how the Penguins were going to be stuck with them. No, I don't like the Ryan Graves signing either. I also don't like some of the bottom six composition that he's put together. But even if you just look at Dubas's free agents, the guys that he's brought in, listen, if you don't like what you've seen from Lars Eller, go find another sport to follow. And I'll say the same thing for Alex Nedeljkovic. He's been outstanding, not just for a backup. He's been out bleeping standing. How about another one? How about Dubas flying out to Edmonton to meet with Tristan Jari and his wife to get to know him better, to get a, a, a more personal sense of what kind of investment the Penguins would be making if they decided to stick with Jari for the long term? Look, Jari still comes with all kinds of question marks. But I think if there's one thing that Jari has shown this season, and he showed it the other night against the Jets and Connor Hellebuck at the far end, is that he can still be somebody who's a top-end goaltender. He just has to find it consistently and, you know, cross some other hurdles along the way. I don't like Riley Smith, but I do like some of the things that Dubas has done involving the AHL roster. No, it's not exactly loaded. Wilkes-Barre Scranton has depth. It has a lot of players because Dubas threw a lot of players into the mix, which again is something to his credit. He decided that he was going to throw more money into the AHL roster than what's been done here in the past, hoping for, you know, some kind of good things to come out of it. That's how you end up with a Colin White, for example. So there have been some hits, there have been some misses, but you have to, man, you just have to look at the whole picture with him. Okay, you have to look at what he was given when he started and where he is right now before taking anything too far. 
I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Again, I'm here in Winnipeg now. The Penguins will be playing the Jets here tomorrow night. That is a 7.08 p.m. Eastern Time face-off from the arena I'm looking at here right outside my window. And we will get together again on Monday morning. 